0: Welcome to Young Gun, a podcast about Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. I am Demetri Rivanis, a Bama grad. She is Lauren Brownlow, the biggest Panthers fan I know, and we are talking about the team with a spotlight on their new franchise quarterback. Lauren, on Christmas Eve, I feel like we were given the gift of the best Bryce Young performance we have seen all season long, despite the fact that the Panthers again come out on the losing end in this one.
1: Yeah, I, I think like, but it's like we talked about, right? All I've wanted was just for something positive to happen and for it to carry over, literally, right. from like a, even even within a series, you know, even just like multiple plays in a row would be great. And so like for them to, you know, I mean, obviously neither performance was like perfect, but for the last two weeks to kind of come, back to back and it's like okay now there's something potentially being built here I don't know how sound the structure is I don't know how long it's gonna last before the Panthers topple it over or whatever but (laughs) right now it's like okay I see something positive being built it's not just like a waste of time over and over again for him to be out there playing there's something positive happening
0: Yeah, I mean, this was his first 300-yard passing performance of the year. He, I think, really turned it around from half one to half two. Uh, We will get into all of that in just a moment. First, though, we've got to tell you about our friends at Graffiti, 158 East Cedar Street in downtown Kerry, Watch football with them each and every Sunday, 19 TVs, weekly prizes. You know about the axe throwing, and you know about the bourbon pour specials. Blanton's at $10, Eagle Rare, Angels Envy both at $9, McKenna 10-year, Heaven Hill 7-year, and Buffalo Trace all at $8, Right now, it is as festive as it gets at uh, Graffiti. Plus, they've got the menu changing all the time. The drinks, sure, they have your old standbys, but they have seasonal specials to really celebrate the time of year you are watching. Only a couple of full football Sundays left, so if you have not done so already, get to Graffiti, 158 East Cedar Street in downtown Cary. Lauren Brownlow, was Bryce too short this week?
1: No, and I don't even recall hearing it mentioned very much. Uh, obviously, like, a little distracted watching a game on Christmas Eve, but still, sure. like, you know. So,
0: I-, I will I will tell you, and I texted you this, I was, I was just getting over some bad whatever that has been passed from my son to my wife to me and now to our daughter, right? So, I was sort of in and out of sleep through most of the first half. In the second half, Lauren, did I imagine... That they did a little tush-push with Bryce showing he was indeed not too small to be used in that way, as uh, as Frank Reich had believed. Oh,
1: I guess so, yeah. Well, Frank Reich believed a lot of
0: things about <laughs> Bryce. Like,
1: seemingly that he should not be allowed to attempt an NFL pass beyond right. 15 yards, beyond the line of scrimmage. Well, he's
0: got such a little arm.
1: It's just like yeah no literally it was like sometimes it felt like Reich was calling plays for a quarterback that won a contest off the street Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was right? or not like, that's
0: why he wears the number
1: I mean it's like okay no that's not that's you yeah. know like let him do something let him yeah
0: For sure. I mean, to to me, like this was the return of of Bama Bryce to a certain extent. He looked really confident, uh, even when drives ended not the way that he wanted them to, that the Panthers wanted them to. He wasn't hanging his head going back to the sideline the way we've seen. And maybe part of that is because it wasn't so many drives in a row piling up uh, where you're either punting or missing it on downs or whatever the case, but he looked confident not only making throws but coming off the field and boy and this is a good bridge to what i want to talk about next um he really seems to trust dj Chark more uh these last couple of yeah. weeks like he is like that is who he is looking for on the sideline now
1: well shark is playing really well i think i mean and this is like i'm sure this is a lot closer to the shark that they were hoping to get right I, it's so weird to not say shark still it's sure. just it's upsetting to my to my mouth when I say it. I'm just like, shark. I want to say shark. I can't. Okay, it's fine. Shark. Shark. That's a real thing. If yeah. someone's name. I can say it. Anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, he's playing really well. Like, he's helping out Bryce. And again, like, that's something we had not seen anyone other than Adam Thielen do mm-hmm. for any consistent length of time that plays receiver for this team. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Like, it helps to have a guy helping make plays for you.
0: Mm -hmm. In the early days of this show, I told you that over the summer I was filling in on a radio station in South Carolina and Mina Kimes uh, came on with me and I was talking to her specifically about Bryce Young's transition into the NFL and she was very high on DJ Chark. She she seemed to think that Chark by the end of the season could develop into his security blanket. I want to play for you what she said because coming off of a six catch 98 yard two touchdown performance. I think we're starting to see what she saw in David in uh, D.J. Chark before the season began. D.J.
1: Chark, you know, he was out for a while in Detroit, uh, missed two games of injury, and I was just kind of going back and watching some of them, and his absence was really felt
0: hmm. in that
1: offense when he didn't play. Um, he is, uh, you know, maybe earlier in his career, I think, he was probably more hyped as kind of being that number one boundary receiver, but he still has enough speed to stretch the field, I think decent size as well. So he's actually a guy that I'm a little bit higher on maybe than the consensus right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes a reliable target for Bryce.
0: So a long way to go before he gets to where Thielen is in terms of the amount of times Bryce is looking for him. I think I, I just looked this up before we started recording. I think he has 30 receiving yards to go before he is even halfway to where Adam Thielen is, but it's clear that something clicked between those two in the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, 100%. And, like, look, as much as you might like Adam Thielen as a reliable target, I'm sure Bryce realized at some point, too, just like the rest of us, like, that's great, but no one's scared of of Adam Thielen, like, getting yep. past them, really, at this I, point. I,
0: I would argue going to Adam Thielen on the last throw of the game is what yeah. ends up costing the Panthers the game.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably true. I mean, again, I get why. Like he's the guy that's Absolutely. gonna help you and he's gonna make catches for you. But now I think Shark, Ch- God, again, Chark <laughs> is showing I'm so sorry that okay. he that he uh he can help Bryce make those plays. And that's the thing, like. Look, let's be real. You can put a ball as perfect, you can place it as perfectly as you want to as a quarterback. But there are some throws that the receiver is going to have to do a good amount of the work for you and with you. And if they Mm -hmm. don't do that, you're not like you can throw it exactly where it's supposed to be on a sideline. Like NFL DBs are too good. Yep. And you you can't do that. You've got to, the receiver has to help you. It just has to be a team effort. Like I hate to be cliche about it, but it just does. I mean, there just are not. There are not that many receivers that can catch horribly thrown balls all the time, and there aren't that many quarterbacks that can just hope they have receivers that they can just place the ball carefully in their hands, and it'll be fine. It's just it doesn't work that way anymore, not in today's NFL.
0: I want to get more into the idea of how this game ended in just a second. But first, I do want to tell everybody uh, that we are on Origin Sports TV each and every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. If you love this show, take the time to find Origin Sports and watch the episode there. We love our partnership with these guys. You have it. You just may not know it. Zumo Roku samsung tv plus amazon freebie they all have origin sports tv and when you find it you will find us there each and every tuesday night at 7 p.m uh lauren if you are characterizing this game are you calling this a packers win or a panthers loss
1: i mean it's still a packers win like i'm not gonna do listen we can we can understand this for what it is we understand that this is more a moral victory for them quote unquote sure. and the reason it's a moral victory is because they had 23 points
0: <laughs>
1: like it, we didn't know that was possible what
0: 33
1: yeah yeah right? yeah sorry 30 yeah like we didn't know that was possible anymore excuse yep. me I thought I was getting greedy that's right exactly but like that's the that's that's the moral victory part. This offense has been a sputtering tire fire yep. for the entirety of the season. Like literally, I watched that game, and my biggest takeaway was like, "Wow, I'm sorry, I can't see too well." <laughs> was that a functioning NFL offense that yeah. I saw? Because I hadn't seen that in a while.
0: Well, that's I, I texted you during the game and said, "Is this the medicine I'm on, or do we have two offensive touchdowns right now in a single right. half?" It, it was. It, it is something, and I don't want to say. That, uh, you know, I don't want to focus on, oh, gosh, they could have, they could have, they could have. But I do feel like we are going to overtime if they had worked the sideline on the last throw instead of going to Thielen yeah. over the middle. And, and I don't know if that is, you know, a, a rookie hiccup of in that, like the worst possible time to forget the clock doesn't stop on first down in the NFL. Or if that's a matter of this was my guy. He was the one I saw and, open, and the, the and the
1: defense is always going to give you the middle of the field. They just are yep. in those situations, and so like some, you know, that is the cliche. You take what the defense gives you, and you have to hope right. for the best. Like they weren't going to give him something on the sideline super easily. Maybe he just thought we get a quick throw, we run up, and look, they almost got. It. I was I was surprised with how quickly they got up there.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, literally, by the time the ball hits the ground, we are we are debating right whether or not there was a second on the uh, clock or not.
1: You know, another thing my parents pointed out. What's that? When's the last time the Panthers in a, like late in the game when they needed them had all their timeouts late?
0: Yeah, it's been a agreed. while. Agreed. <laughs> Uh, I, um, this was uh, a moment, a rare moment where I'm hoping the referees put a second back on the clock, uh, in order to, uh, give my team a chance to kick a field goal did not happen, uh, this time, unfortunately, I will tell you the one thing I was disappointed by in this game with the Panthers and it's literally the only thing I was disappointed by is this was the first time that I did not think the defense could get a stop on any drive. I
1: out. mean, I was gonna say the the buried lead here as we're talking about the offense because this team is seemingly allergic to complimentary football at right. any given moment, right? Oh, now the offense is playing well. Well, now the defense stinks. Sorry, yep. just gonna be the way it is. No, I mean, and and, and it's been like a couple of weeks in a row now with questionable performances by the defense, and obviously they've still had their moments. Like Derek Brown is still playing great. Frankie Luvu mm-hmm. still playing really well, but like. As a whole, yeah, and especially their run defense. Like, that's a big yeah. concern. That was so good for so long, and now all of a sudden teams are just, like, running all over them. I don't
0: know. It, it, I, I told you. It is, it is is uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin. It is Darth Vader and Luke. It is Rey and Kylo Ren. Like, the, the Panthers, much like the Force, will always be uh, in perfect balance this season. And so when you're having an it's a offensive breakout experience. kind of game. Yeah. Yeah, when you're having an offensive breakout kind of game, the defense must be buried literally under the earth. Uh, in terms of their performance. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to this show wherever it is you hear or watch it. It helps more people find this show. It's not just about liking and subscribing. It's also about singing the praises. So if you like what you hear, take time to leave a comment, wherever that is, YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. It helps more people uh, discover this show, Young Gun, as we uh, wind down the first season. Lauren Brownlow, would you like to play a game? Sure. All right. You uh, are, I think, the perfect contestant here because I need you to use two brains. I need you to use the brain of the single lady about the town. And I also need you to use. Not about any
1: town, just FYI.
0: (laughs) In in this exercise, uh, I need you to be at least a little bit about the town. But more than that, Lauren. Okay. I need you to. So I'm going back to, to. Am I going to a
1: hoe phase right now? Is that what's happening?
0: Look, I mean, I don't want to go so far as to say hoe phase, but uh, I, I do. I mean, look, it's we're going hook
1: up that could turn into something more. Yes, All right, got it. Yes, yes, got
0: it. Um, you are you are looking for something long term, but if okay. uh, if things happen on night one, you're not going to judge yourself. You're an independent right. lady, exactly. uh, but I also need you to be protective. Think about this almost as if we are doing Tinder, not just for Lauren, but also for Lauren and, in this case, your metaphorical son, not your actual son. We are talking about what works in terms of a long-term commitment here, okay? We're going to play a little wide receiver Tinder. There are four receivers on the Panthers roster that are set to hit free agency. And none of them are superstars, right? Uh, But I do think they have some varying importance to what this offense is going to be moving forward. All right? Yes. So swiping right, uh, if you want to keep them around, swiping left, if you are ready to get rid of them.
1: Got
0: it. All right. Number one, we talked about him just a second ago. DJ Chark. swiping right or swiping left? Uh,
1: Wait, right if you want to keep him?
0: Right if you want to keep him.
1: I'm swiping right.
0: Okay. Um, Can I make the case for left even though like you've made your choice, but as uh, as your closest girlfriend and confidant, I feel it's like I must speak. just, I think if they had a true alpha, DJ Chark would be as good of a complimentary piece as you could possibly have for Bryce Young. I worry that without a Steve Smith type on this roster, I worry that too much is going to be asked of Chark, not by Bryce, but by whoever the coaching staff is.
1: Yeah, I could see that potentially, but at the same time, he's the only one that's shown any reason for any defense to be scared of him at this point. So right, I'm fine fair. with I'm I'm fine with keeping for now.
0: Okay, uh, number two, Lavisca Chenault.
1: No, uh, left. Sorry. Left.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I I want to believe all the potential that people. I like him. It's just yeah, not... sure. But like, what are we? Four years into your career now? Like, we're done with potential. Like, right. We should... If we're
1: If we're extending the metaphor a little bit, it is important too, right? like, which receiver can I keep for the least amount of effort, I guess would be money in this case, you know what I'm saying? Because like, hey, if this guy's like a jerk, but he's kind of fun and would be like a hookup buddy, like i that's keeping him around for cheap, you know what I'm saying? But if I have to like put time and effort and commitment into this person, that's terrible. Then no, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if that makes sense.
0: He, no, he's he's a boyfriend that writes amazing songs and is in a great band. And like, boy, that's that's awesome, but that's nothing to hang it's your ob- ass
1: Objectively great songs or like songs he thinks are great?
0: No, no, objectively great songs. Like he's got okay, a lot sure. of talent, but you are trusting everything to go right for that to mean something.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah. I mean, but that, that does matter a little bit, you know? Like, what's it yeah. going to take to keep the person? Like, if I don't want to keep Chark if they're going to have to overpay either. Yeah. So, to be clear. But yeah, Chanel, yeah. I think it's good to to go bye-bye and try something else.
0: Emir Smith-Marset.
1: Mm. I'm swiping right for now. Okay. Cause I think they could probably keep him for reasonably cheap. Also it's not nothing for the Panthers to have a punt returner that can do anything with the football. Literally. Right. I'm grateful when they can catch it and not fumble. So <laughs> for me, to, to see him be a weapon as well, like yeah. I'm intrigued. I like the way they've kind of tried to like factor him into the offense here late in the year. I'm interested. I'm intrigued by him. I, uh, I would be fine with them keeping him.
0: Yeah, I think Smith Marset is the best case scenario of LaVisca-Chenault. That's why to me this is pretty easy. If you're keeping right. yes, you don't I would agree Chenault. with that.
1: Yeah. If I'm choosing, yeah, I'm choosing Smith Marset. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh this is where you've gotta you've gotta think more parent than hookup here. Steven Sullivan.
1: I don't I mean, I'm not I'm fine. He's fine. I'm swiping left. I'm just not you know, it's I'm not moved
0: really see here's here's my argument for him is that Bryce seems to find when Bryce finds him it is always on third down so Mm -hmm. I I do have some I don't know there's something about that dude and that quarterback that seem to work well together
1: I don't I don't know that I would I I think my bigger issue right is and no offense to Steven who I'm sure is lovely and probably way better at football than his name would suggest (laughs) however anytime I hear his name I'm like you know, it's just it's yeah. like a name generator made up a name for a receiver on this team, and I'm have to I'm having to remember that he plays here.
0: Yeah, it, his the point name is.
1: They have a lot of dudes like that on yeah. this team that are not very good at receiver, and I would love it if they could bring some new dudes in, and maybe they'll be a little better at receiving. That's all I'm saying.
0: No, no, I, I'm with you 100. percent Also, by the John way, Smith?
1: I, maybe he's good. I,
0: don't I didn't realize Stephen Sullivan was a receiver. I thought he was one of the many tight ends uh, that maybe. seemed to appear each and every week. Uh, it's sort
1: of like the random Ian Thomas sightings that you're like, he is still here. Like yeah. literally every time they say something about him playing or not playing, or they'll be like, "Oh, Ian Thomas now out with an injury." I'm like, where was he playing? You <laughs>
0: don't even see him. <laughs> your uh, your comment about he does not have the name of a receiver. He does have the name of like someone tells you, "Oh, the best pub is Stephen Sullivan," and you find out that it's like at the bottom floor of an or- of an office building. Like yeah. there's just no way that could. He's a linebacker. Be He's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah no i think that's uh okay. i think that's fair uh each and every thursday we do the midweek talk through it is a second episode of young gun each and every week where we talk about the game coming up the game that was and what we think for bryce and the panthers going forward it is me and some i hate to say expert because the last one was joe gilio um but it is someone we're offering an outside opinion on the Panthers. That episode comes out each and every Thursday. Uh, so don't forget to tune in for the midweek talk through. Speaking of Jilio, Lauren, he is not the only person in the last two weeks, three weeks to say this. Are you hearing a lot of people start to talk about how much Jim Harbaugh coaching the Panthers makes sense?
1: Oh my God. You know I, I've
0: heard this from four different people now. And I Julio is the one that I thought did the best job on the midweek talk through of of explaining the reasons, but I'm not sure I'm totally buying the reasons. Um, he said that in his eyes, this could be for Dave Tepper, what Bill Parcells was for Jerry Jones, uh, uh, that that moment of seeing that I don't have all the answers. I need somebody unimpeachable because to go out and get Ben Johnson. Who I, we know Tepper wants the most, or Brian Johnson from the Eagles, or uh, Eric the Enemy, or whoever is still licensed for Dave Tepper to meddle. He might the, the team might be better off with somebody that is openly hostile and has receipts uh, as the leader with an owner like Dave Tepper.
1: That's an interesting counterpoint. However, here's the thing: Harbaugh goes wherever he feels like going from Harbaugh is not interested in building anything here long-term. He's not like literally the year this turns around remotely and he gets a sniff of interest from anywhere else. He will be gone. Like we agree on that. Right? Like,
0: so I, I I think so. I'll be honest. I don't really understand the dynamics of that in the NFL as well as I do in college, but I hear you and I don't think you're wrong.
1: Right. I mean, even if a college job opened up that he found, there's he is a flight risk at all times. Hmm. He just is. Look, I mean, think about how many years, even at Michigan, every single year. Now, granted, there's usually always some kind of drama going on in the offseason, so maybe that plays into it, but at the same time, think about how often it comes up there. And he's yeah. got a great situation there. Like, no one's firing him there. Right? Like, Yeah. But he gets, he has wanderlust. He always has. And I'm saying that that means that like he couldn't come in and do some nice things in Carolina but are you telling me that the moment a more attractive job opens up he's not gonna be out the door like of course he is he'll be gone
0: I, I would tell you what my bigger concern is than that is I don't think he is particularly interested in developing a guy like Bryce Young no, I mean I don't think I so think- either. I think the reason he and Colin Kaepernick worked so well together was that Kaepernick was an elite athlete, right? And so Kaepernick could be a part of that rushing attack. I mean, look at look at what they do at at Michigan with him calling what? the plays. Like that is a team that throws what, 21 times per game I think I saw on average. I mean, is it I wow. A very good point, Lauren Brownlow. Like I'm look, whatever gets the Panthers winning is great, but I don't think sure. that you are investing in a franchise quarterback for him to just be handing the ball off to running backs that let's be, let's be totally honest. Both of them are pedestrian. I mean, I I like Chuba as much as you like Chuba. He's not an elite running back. He's not a guy that I think you abandon whatever your investment plan was to then build things around. Like I, I think that if you bring in Jim Harbaugh, it tells you you are going a very specific direction. And it may not be the direction that Scott Fitterer, Dave Tepper, anybody else thought they were going in. It is what Jim Harbaugh has decided you are doing now.
1: Right. There's that too. And then you already, you mortgaged your future for Bryce. So what does that mean that you're going to cut ties with Bryce already? Right. Then what is that telling this fan base?
0: Right. Exactly. Well, well, why saying, should I, any
1: I, of I, us give a crap? Also, let's be real. Most of us don't like him that much.
0: Yeah. That's agreed. Uh, I mean, agreed.
1: Look, I like him in some ways. I appreciate him. I think he mm-hmm. is a legit like a really good coach. I think he knows the game extremely well. Do I think he could come in and have some success there? Of course I do. Like I'm not an idiot. Yeah. But it, do I also think he's a raging ego ego maniac? Yeah. Do I yeah. think that sometimes causes him to make bad decisions? Yeah, again, yeah, I sure do. <laughs> and do I think that that also means that he does not give a single shit about being in Charlotte and turning around the Carolina Panthers franchise in a meaningful way? Yeah, I believe that he does not care about those things. Correct. Like, so I'm not saying that a coach has to care about those things fundamentally, but he's always going to be looking for the next big thing. Like, I mean, he. I could see him being here a year and then yep. going like 500 and all of a sudden he's gone. And then what? Then what did you just do? Then you just got embarrassed <laughs> in public again if you're David Tepper. I'm just putting that out there as a counterpoint. Like, because I'm not saying I disagree with the logic behind it. Yeah. But at the same time, like, what does that really solve for you in the long term? You're still looking at a lot of this, in my opinion, you're still gonna be looking at a lot of same issues. Uh
0: we know last year, and we'll wrap here. We know last year that Dave Tepper reached out to Jay Glazer to ask him to sort of make contact with Sean Payton and figure out what that would take. The Broncos pride Payton out of you know Saints grasp for a single first round pick and Think whatever you want about Peyton. He had. No, he uh, can his,
1: coach, but he I can't coach. stand. I. You want to talk about someone with I cannot stand?
0: You, with you, one hundred percent. He has the face of a guy that uh, that uh, John Taffer yells at on the first episode of Bar Rescue or the first uh, segment of an episode of Bar Rescue. Um, I, you know, he was a guy that won a Super Bowl, had established a culture like that. Is probably the best guy that was out there on the market. It was for a single first round pick. You don't have that this year, but if that was what an NFL franchise was willing to accept, say next year's first round pick for an established head coach as a fan, would you be okay with them parting with that?
1: What first round pick?
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if, if someone was willing to take the 2025 first round pick for that, like let's say for Mike Tomlin. No. Okay. No. I'm just putting
1: it out I'm your there. Coordinator, don't give away more picks for the love of God! This is why we don't have any hope because we don't have any picks, right? So, no, 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 no. Abs- like, I would rather see you hire. Please don't, like, no. Can I like Mike Tom? I'm not saying I don't. Yeah. But you're gonna ask me to be excited about the fact that you gave up our next two first-round picks. Now, I don't care if you have Vince Lombardi. I don't care who the damn coach is. You give away all our first-round picks. We're not winning.